Welcome to podcast number 54 on March 9th of 2022. My name is Ian Dungan MacDonald. I'm the author of four investment books. Today, we will first answer five questions I have received in the last week, and then I will read from chapter three of my latest book, American High Dividend Handbook. Question number one. Do you wish you could turn back the clock to a time in your life where you were mentally and physically near your peak and able to maximize your enjoyment of life and all it has to offer? Who says that only the young can enjoy life? The implication is that after reaching a certain age, that nothing important can be achieved and that your best years are behind you. I'm an artist and an author. I've always been an artist, but for most of my first 38 years as an adult, I was a business executive. I got the same creative pleasure out of building a profitable, successful business as I now get out of painting a picture or writing a book. You adjust to your circumstances. With the acquisition of our company and being 60 years of age, plus receiving a large payout, I realized it was my time for me to pursue other interesting, creative, personal challenges. Since then, in these last 18 years, among the other things I've done is written seven books, created a portfolio of 2,300 paintings and photos and digital art. Although this 18 years have been an enjoyable part of my adult life, I would not have missed the challenging, interesting experiences I got out of the first 38 years of being an adult. Those years gave me the greatest insights into life that I call upon in writing my books, investing my assets, and creating my art. I feel sorry for those who have never found employment that excited them, and captured their creative imagination. I wish them success in their search for other ways to keep active. Otherwise, they may feel that somehow life has passed them by despite whatever financial independence they may have achieved. The concern that being physically and mentally near your peak to maximize your enjoyment of all that the world and life have to offer is a young person's false perspective of old age. At 78, I no longer have the desire to see the point in running five miles every day. However, being able to call on decades of insights and experiences, I know makes me mentally wiser and actually stronger than I was in my 40s. I no longer sweat the trivia of life, such as worrying about the things that I can do nothing about, such as getting older. Question number two. How do you evaluate mining stocks? For your evaluation, mining stocks have, just like any other stock, operating margins, book values, price-to-earning ratios, and so on. 
However, never lose sight of the fact that you are dealing in a commodity. Commodity traders around the world set the price for a commodity. Setting that price sets income the mining company will realize. Too often, it is a boom or bust industry. The fortunes of the mining company can be reflected in the gyrations of their share prices. The volatility of the prices means if you get the timing right, you do very well. Unfortunately, in making accurate predictions on a mining stock prices, the odds are against you more than most speculative plays. It takes millions and millions of dollars to dig holes in the ground, extract the rock, transport it, crush it, smelt it, refine it, and deliver it to the manufacturer who converts it into a marketable product. The faster you extract it from the ground, the sooner you will deplete the reserve of metal that is there. This then requires constant prospecting and development to hopefully find new source of the metal and require more money to be spent in sinking shafts and mining the ore. All this requires millions of speculative dollars to be invested. The industry is full of dreamers and promoters who are willing to sell you shares in that great potential hidden under the ground. They will dazzle you with the dream that this 15-cent stock soon will be worth $15 a share, making you a millionaire with only a few thousand dollars invested in a sure thing. Stock promoters often have rooms full of telemarketers pushing the stock to those susceptible to easy money who know little about the realities of the mining industry. Having said this, there are some financially strong, world-class mining companies traded on the New York Stock Exchange that pay good dividends now. For example, Rio Tinto, Vale, see their evaluation pages in the American High Dividend Handbook. However, as world prices change, their fortunes can also change with it. A ton of nickel is just a ton of nickel. Your ton of nickel is no different than any other company's ton of nickel. There is no marketing moat or customers pleased with your product protecting your market share from other nickel producers. I grew up in the nickel mining industry and worked in it. I saw how the mining companies stockpiled ore in anticipation of downturns. They then encouraged their miners to go out and strike when the commodity price was down so they could eliminate the expense of their wages and continue to process the ore they had stockpiled. In the boom times, they gave in to union demands so they could ride the wave and maximize their profits. Advances in mining technologies has helped many of them continue to cost-effectively compete as they mine the lower and lower grades of ore in their older mines. If you are a speculator, then investing in mining companies can give you the excitement of possible quick riches you are seeking. And speculators need to believe in the dream.
Question number three. Why do so many investors fear selling their stocks? If you sell a stock when its price has dropped below what you paid for it, then you take a loss. If you sell a stock above what you paid for it, then you make a profit. That sounds easy, but at any given time, you can never be sure that the gain or loss in the stock is on its way up or down. Those who fear taking a loss do not sell. Those expecting even greater growth in a stock price also do not sell. The problem is that they are not looking at the stock objectively. If you score a stock and convert its strength to a number, then you can then grade all stocks from high to low in desirability. Depending on your level of anxiety, you can then arbitrarily set a numerical value where you will sell a stock because your studies have shown that there is a stock with an even better score that will save you better than the stock you already own. With my investment books, I supply stock scoring software that I created many years ago. It measures every stock on 11 criteria that are common to all stocks. The stock score is calculated out of a possible 100. However, the highest score out of thousands I have calculated was a 78. The lowest score was an 8. I personally avoid owning stocks that score under 50, so I can go for a year without there being a need to make a change in my portfolio. However, if the score indicates I should make a change, I then replace it with the best scoring stock I can find, paying the highest dividend. Using this guide, the portfolio over the last 18 years is 500% larger despite paying out a six-digit dividend income to me every year. The amount of time required and the degree of stress in managing a portfolio this way is negligible compared to the typical speculator trying to time when to buy and when to sell stocks. In this way of investing, the price of a stock almost becomes irrelevant. In the market crashes of 2020 and 2008, when all share prices dropped by 50%, the share price drop had minimal impact on the scores of the stocks with scores over 50. Interestingly, the regular high dividend payments from these strong stocks continued. This can easily be verified by looking at the obtainable historical records of share prices and dividend payments that go back for decades. Question number four. Which blue chip stock should I buy to strengthen my portfolio? It isn't so much a matter of picking blue chip stocks. It is a matter of picking stocks that are going to generate the greatest safe return on the money you have invested for the rest of your life. They may or may not be the traditional blue chip stocks. The following is how I invest. Every stock in my portfolio is scored 
from 0 to 100. Every stock I own is a high dividend payer. Why? Because I have learned that dividends are predictable while share prices are not. Dividends are paid from profits. Profits are derived from revenue and expense decisions made by the management of a company. You can easily see dividend payments for any stock going back for decades. I avoid adding any stock scoring under 50, paying less than a 5% dividend yield. If the score of an existing stock falls below 50, well, at the same time, its share price drops below 5%, I replace it with a new stock that meets my base criteria. Some stocks may sit below 50, but continue to pay a dividend of 7% or more. Those I leave alone. I can go for a year without replacing a stock. Even during the 2008 and 2020 market crashes, my portfolio continued to pump out its usual dividend income, despite the fact that share prices dropped by 50% from their high. It recovered and continued to reach new highs. The portfolio was 500% higher than it was when I first built it 18 years ago, despite by taking a six-figure dividend income out of it each year. Optimistic and pessimistic speculators making competing bids only control share prices, not profits. Scoring stocks takes the speculation and the emotion out of investment decisions. It reduces your evaluation to hard, logical numbers based on facts. It allows you to easily sort stocks from most to least desirable. Question number five. There is a whole industry based around charting the market and predicting future stock prices. Does charting work? I've studied charting, and I am aware that many traditional investors think it works. Unfortunately, I can find no proof that charting can accurately predict future share prices. Wouldn't it be nice to look at intersecting lines of how high and low share prices plotted on a chart and then state that on April 1st, 2022, at noon, the price of an Amazon share will be $2,971. Suppose on April 1st, that this number and amount just pulled out of the air was reasonably close. Would this accuracy be justified as just a lucky guess? If the $2,971 had been plotted by a chartist and not realize what other dedicated chartists explain after the fact that it had not been charted properly. Stock prices do not follow any predictable pattern because thousands, even millions of optimistic and pessimistic speculators bidding against each other make share prices unpredictable. In order for a stock to be bought because it is expected to increase in value, someone who owns that stock must be convinced that the share price is going to decrease and they want to sell it. 
These are individual judgments by a multitude of people, be influenced by a multiple conflicting perspectives, looking at 16,000 stocks in North America that could be bought or sold at any given moment. Did anyone see a chart in 2019 that predicted the pandemic that caused the market crash in 2020? Did anyone predict in 2020 the impact the Russian invasion of the Ukraine would have on the share prices of nickel and oil companies? Does anyone want to predict when and what impact a nuclear war would have upon Coca-Cola share prices? However, what is predictable is the profits of company, as I explained in the previous question. My views of charting does not rule out good guesses or general conclusions based on experience. I can remember having lunch with my investment advisor in the year 2000. All through the meal, he complained about a fool he had as a client who had liquidated his $2 million portfolio because he thought the market was going to crash. The advisor had been in the industry for 40 years. Three weeks later, the market did crash, and my portfolio of mutual funds that my advisor had created for me immediately lost over half its value. This is when I severed my relationship with that advisor and became a self-directed investor and set out to find a method of investing where the inevitable market crashes would have minimal impact upon my portfolio and I would not have to be guessing when to sell or buy a stock. Eventually, this resulted in my stock scoring system and the four investment books I wrote to help investors like you. I will now be reading from Chapter 3, Source Data Sources of my book, American High Dividend Handbook. In this chapter, you learn where each of 11 information elements used in calculating a stock score can be found on the overview screen. In the previous chapter, you learned the importance of the screener programs to narrow your search to a workable number in your quest for the best 20 stocks traded on U.S. exchanges. In the next chapter, you'll see how the individual matrix formulas for each of the 11 data items are used to compile a stock's grand score. Well, the stock scoring software instantly calculates a score, you will see that it is possible for you to manually calculate the score if you wanted to take the time to do it. Nothing is hidden. I learned a long time ago that if you want people to have faith in a scoring system, they must understand exactly how the score is created. Following is a typical stock overview screen. In this example, I have used Enbridge Incorporated, stock symbol ENB on the New York Stock Exchange. This is a picture of the top half of the overscreen. The first item, the name confirms that you retrieved the stock you requested. 
Do not be intimidated by all the information displayed. There are only three items, charts, analysis buys, and volume of shares traded that you need from this top half of the overview screen. The most important item is last price. For Enbridge, the last price the stock traded at was $50.15. It will be entered into the stock scoring software in the slot for current price for stock. The next important information is a historical price factor. You want to record what the price of the stock was four years ago. You find this four-year-old price by clicking on charts. Run your cursor across the graph. A D inside a circle indicates that a dividend was paid on a certain date. If you place your cursor on the D, the date the dividend was paid, the amount the stock opened at on that day is highest price, lowest price, and closing price will also appear. When you have your cursor move across the chart, the dates and amounts change. In the example, the date is June 3rd, 2019. The stock opened that day at $49.86. It reached a high share price at $50.05. It reached a low share price at $47.13 and a closing price at $47.14. If you were compiling the score on July 7th, of 2021, you would have moved your cursor on the chart back to approximately July 7th of 2017. The graph may not display the exact day four years ago. If you cannot go back to the exact date of July 7th, then choose a day close to that date. This will be close enough to give you a historical perspective. Where this chart is useful is in confirming that this company has been steadily increasing its dividend and share prices every year for 20 years or more. While it is unusual to see a continuous string of dividend payment increases, when you do see it, it is a positive sign that you can expect the dividend payments and share price to increase steadily in the future. In building a commercial risk database of 2,200,000 businesses in 1991, I learned that financially strong companies who have found the formula for a strong, profitable operation do not lose the success formula overnight. Large businesses that fail, fail slowly, like tire with a slow leak, not like a tire blowout. Note that these increases continued through the recession and market crashes. A stock like Enbridge not only continually increases your wealth, but will also increase your dividend income, keeping it well ahead of inflation. Over the 20 years, the value of the Enbridge shares are about five times greater than they were in 2001, and the dividend payouts are more than nine times greater such growth continuity is rare, but it does exist, as you will see when you review the data for each stock's page in Chapter 9, where you will see what each stock's score matrix 
looked like in September of 2021. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Thank you.